Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. How's the COVID sitch, you guys, where you are? Oh, it's bad. It's real bad. It's super not good. Like Chattanooga <laughs> was in like the New York Times, I think, or something like that. Some oh, sort God. of major publication as a as a hotspot. And then people in Chattanooga were like, man. No, I mean, you know, this is just, this is fake, whatever. I live here and I don't see that at all. And I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Whatever you yeah, say. Yeah, that's cool. I literally like, was like uh, some frat boy, like pointed at me the other day while I was buying groceries. Like that, that guy's wearing a mask. And I'm like, yes, oh, I am. oh man, it's good. It's the really South good. is intellectually bankrupt. That's the takeaway. I know. I saw you tweeting about something that was really funny. When I, you made me laugh. I forget what you tweeted, but it was like really funny. You were complaining about, I think, the South, but it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a, it's a tough thing because it's like I, in so many ways, I'm like I really want to move. I really want to get out of here. And at the same time, I feel like that's just like part of the problem because where would you go? I don't know. Somewhere not here. <laughs> Kansas City you have to wear a mask yeah we have mandatory mask laws going into or rules or whatever it is whatever the, the, the term is uh, starting midnight tonight oh good Finally. as we record this yeah some might say a little too late better some. late than never <laughs> get to the store before you have to wear something on your face yeah <laughs> I just I just can't breathe out here oh my gosh this, I just can't breathe oh, I just really oh, I really like the my body ah. my choice people oh I know the deeply the deep irony <laughs> that's some real like uh, self-aware wolves <laughs> nonsense just, oh, I, just I was breathe. like really really <sighs> this now mask, my body my ah. choice oh just oh, so sweaty in my mask <sighs> I can't breathe. Oh, oh, I just can't do it. I can't go on. I can't. Let me speak to your manager about this mask. Who do I talk to about this? This is ridiculous. This is America. All right. All right. I didn't. We have freedom. I I can make anybody sick. I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up in privileged white suburbia. We have a lot of privilege to to wear a mask. Okay. Exactly. I didn't have a friend of a privileged white man who was a soldier to fight for my freedoms. Uh, to wear a mask, okay? <laughs> That's good, Keeper. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's not... So, yeah, it's, good times. It's, you know, it is what it is. <clears throat> a little ironic that, like... Not ironic, but, like, and not surprising that... Like, Audrey's in... She's living in Germany. Mm-hmm. She went to, like, Spain this weekend because Europe's open. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I can't go back to the States, though, because I will get stuck. And I was like, yep. Also, Americans are banned from the rest of the world, mm-hmm. so that's good. Yeah, we are the unwashed masses. Oh. Literally. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Literally. Oh, yeah, like yeah. everywhere else in the world is banned America, which <laughs> rightfully so, if I'm going to be honest. Yes, yes. So, yeah, so uh... it's good. It, you know, it's good. Um, <laughs> Things are going great. It's, it's great. Things are going real well. But the stock market seems to like, oh, my God, somebody tweeted something really funny. Well, I thought it was funny about... It was something like stock market is like. Never mind, I can't find it. I lost the moment. <laughs> All right. It was something like some. It was like something like uh, the stock market is like that mediocre mm-hmm. white dude that keeps getting promoted despite poor performance. Oh yeah, it's it's the it's Peter Principle, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like like just watch it happen. <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. Uh, it's, I was gonna inve- awesome. invest in a mask company, but. 
we don't wear them here, so. Yeah, but who would wear one? <laughs> I just can't breathe. This is, I mean, I don't know how <laughs> oh anyone can breathe in those. I mean, it's just ridiculous. All right, this is America. All right, so basically, everybody, you should just wear a mask. It's everybody like, should just wear a mask. For no other, it's like, for no other reason. Well, also, like, the fact that we don't literally... have this concept of, like, the greater good in this country, like, it's just beyond people. It's the literally the least you can do. Literally yes, the least you can it's, do. <laughs> it's not that hard to wear a face covering. I'm already washing my hands. What else you want me to do? <laughs> but my body, my uh, sorry, yeah, that, anyway. I can't. Oh, I can't yeah. anyway. So yeah. So uh, how do we? Uh, I can't find a segue. I, I'm, yeah. I'm how do we transition? Segue segue. To, so back to back, back to Elixir. <laughs> Anybody working on anything cool? Oh, I fully expect Amos has had a week now uh, to 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 think through. The, the last rant oh, no. that he heard. Oh, what were you guys talking about? <laughs> that was, I was moving. This is a Keithley rant. It was, <laughs> yeah, so I fully, I, I'm, I mean, I'm I, prepared. My body and spirit are What were are you ready. ranting about this time, Keithley? Business, <laughs> business logic and how it shouldn't exist. No. I said the term shouldn't. The term is silly. The term is a ridiculous term. That means nothing. Um, that's, that's, that's more what I said. I'll let Am- I want. I actually am curious now. Here's Agile what we're gonna do. Amos, you're Agile gonna is explain. Dead. Long live agility. <laughs> you're gonna. Ex- yeah, this is my manifesto. All right. It's been what 500 years since Martin <laughs> Luther nailed his theses to the door of that church, and uh, we're bringing it back. All right. All right. And, he, oh and, and here's me doing right. my impression. Are you getting excommunicated too? Keithley's <laughs> on fire today. I've had my third coffee. I, I strategically planned my coffees for this. All right, let's hear it, um, Luther. I'll be the Pope. No, no, you no, be no. Luther. This is what we're gonna do. Is <laughs> is you're gonna you're gonna present the story as you heard it, as I heard it, which is gonna be funnier. Oh yeah, to me. All right, so um, it, I, I'm gonna give the really short rundown. Business logic is a dumb term. <laughs> um, there's. We, we have the database layer and we have the front end layer and we have all that business logic in between or what people call business logic, but that just makes businesses not care about the database layer or the front end. And those layers are actually important to the business and the business does care about them. So it's a dumb term. That's fair. It, I mean, that that's like the high level. We did get into some specifics, but that was the high. How long did Keithley rant about this? At least how, an hour. how long's the episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we came in. Share hot. your say more. Say more, Keithley. Well, so yeah, so my my initial premise is just that referring to any specific part of your application as like, well, this is the business logic, and attempting to split that out from any of the other surrounding bits is sort of fundamentally flawed. Because and, and not just flawed, I think it's actively damaging to the way we talk about building systems. And I think the reason is because it presumes that what matters to the business is all these like rules inside of it. But in actuality, like all of it matters. How you store stuff, whether you store stuff in a transient way or in a really durable way, how you store things, the views that you create where people interact with that data uh, and and view that data and make decisions based on that data. Those are all key to your business being successful. And I think like terms like that create sort of this weird false dichotomy where there's a certain amount of logic that's like important 
and a certain amount that's not. And I think it also precludes us or not, it, 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 it create, because it creates a, a false set of layers, it's harder for us to see what might be simpler design patterns. I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of like MVC. I actually think MVC is terrible. It's probably an actively <laughs> detrimental design pattern for most systems when you get down to it. And the reason is because the layers make no sense. The layers aren't actually the where you want the, them to be. And it's not how you want to divide up your application at all. Because at the end of the day, you could express all the same stuff that you express with these highly imperative layers, you know, the view and the, the model or whatever, as a bunch of functions that you just compose together. Like a route, uh, like any given request is just a data structure. Like the request is just data. And doing stuff with that data, like turning it into a query or turning it into a call you make to another service is just data flow. Like you take some the data of the request and you transform it and manipulate it into a request to a downstream service. And you can mm -hmm. express that as a pure function uh, or at least as function composition. Mm -hmm. And then you get, if you do that, you get all this like great reuse out of all these functions that you've built. And then the entire thing just becomes a pipeline. And that pipeline is your business logic. The pipeline, the entire thing together is the business logic, if that's even a term, which I don't think it is. So, so that's, my, that's my general premise is like, once you stop using terms like that, and once you stop cleaving to these patterns that have been inherited from other paradigms and other languages, the design space really opens up. And I think that you can see, or maybe start to see, other interesting ways. And I'm not saying that what I'm describing here is actually like where we should end up. Um, and I've played around with some ideas of, about this. Some of them are like, you know, they're, they're sort of the full, they're fully Haskell. You know, it's like just free monads and all this stuff. And others are more just like function composition. And I'm not sure where the right place to land on any of this is, or even if these are good ideas and would work at scale where scale is really like more than just me working on it, where it's like 10 developers having to work on this thing. But I think if you, I think the design space is really interesting and really open. And I'm just compelled by this idea that we could always be building systems made out of simpler bits. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it is hard to break people out of the paradigms that they're used to thinking in. And so how do you do that? Oh, I think the, right because like yeah, I mean like even the term business logic like I actually haven't used that in a long time because of the way we work right but like mm -hmm. we work in a very because we're we work in a slightly different way than you would work if you were working within inside of a company right generally mm -hmm. and all of it's important to us because it has to be but I think part of it is like you're saying like you, if you, if you stop using that and if you stop thinking about that you can see new design patterns I totally agree. But I think it's hard to get people to frame. I think the hardest thing is getting people to shift their thinking or being comfortable to start trying to think in a different way, moving out of these patterns that they have a lot of comfort in because they know them well. Mm -hmm. And I, I think if you give it a different name, though, you have to be careful with that name because it comes with connotation, too. Like business logic comes mm -hmm. with some kind of idea 
so if you change the the term to try to encompass more, like maybe that term's not going to be perfect either. So so where where do we go? Because I I do think the terminology matters. It totally matters. I mean, language matters. We know that for a lot of reasons. If we're talking about like larger things in the world, like mm-hmm. language totally matters always. But I think sometimes people get again forest trees like when you're thinking about systems and you're building systems, right? Like sometimes it's hard to think about the larger principles, to step outside, right? And think about the larger principles of what you're trying to build and what are the constraints of that, constraints of that outside of like the tooling that you have. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And then removing your thoughts about, well, these are the tools that I have and these are the patterns that I'm used to. So how do we fit that in as opposed to being like, these are the constraints that I have for the problem I'm trying to solve. And then how do we build that and think about it in a way that's separate from that? I think it's really hard to people to think like that. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, and I think, I don't know, I have such an uncharitable view about this uh, for most programmers, <laughs> which is like going to also get me in trouble, but... Well, but, but I think the interesting question is like, how do you get people to change or feel comfortable changing their thinking to essentially think in more flexible, more abstract ways, which is harder? Well, that's the thing is I think most, I think most probably people, but we're, we'll, 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 we're, uh, we'll constrain this conversation to, to programmers gen, generally. It's like, I think most programmers just want rules. There's too much to know. There's too many things that they're required to know. And so at some level, people like programmers just want a rule to follow. I think rules are training wheels, right? They, they help you well, get yeah. to a point. And so especially early on in a career, it's rule rules. But not are even early easy. on, right? Like I feel like if you haven't had that behavior modeled of like abstract thinking, it just sounds, it just sounds really like generic and not real, but like, let's take an example. Like, I'm currently working on a crypto project, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say we're thinking about trust, right? Mm-hmm. How do you build a system that inherently has, like when you're building things, like how do you build a system that inherently has trust, right? Like what are the constraints? Like what does it mean to have trust, right? In general, mm-hmm. like what are the paradigms of that? And then how do you break that down and to build a system around that? But that requires, there's just, it's, maybe it's a bad example, but like there are no rules around that yet because it's such a new space that it requires more like, abstract thinking and how you're going to design your system Mm -hmm. because there aren't patterns already. But when you're, when you're often solving problems that have been solved like a billion times before stepping out of what's comfortable, even if you're super experienced, I think is hard. Right. Because I mean, because at some point it's just ease, right? You're like, well, I know how to do it this way. So why Mm -hmm. would we like this way will just work. Yeah. 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 Well, I was I, just having this conversation with somebody with like Rails versus Elixir, and they're like, "Well, it's just gonna be faster, and I know the tooling, so if I just use Rails, it'll be, I'll be able to work faster." I'm like, "Yeah, but once you spin it up, it's just like you're gonna have other problems." They're like, "Yeah, but I know this technology." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing is, I think most people, most I I just think most programmers don't want to think that much. Like, like I don't actually think it's that complicated. And like I said, this isn't charitable, uh, but I just I just think that most programmers are very con- content to do exactly what everybody else is doing. So how how do we change that? Because I like, I don't know that you do. I think that's like a human nature thing. Because that's what that's you why have I have this job is because I want to think and grow. I, I I always say yesterday me is an idiot, and if if I look at code that I wrote six months ago and think it's great, then I need a new career. 
Well, but everybody's going to do that on their in their own way. Like way, some people yeah. find a lot of enjoyment um, trying out a new gym, <laughs> you know, a new Ruby gym that just hooks into their Rails applications. Like the thing they're experimenting with is not like, what if we just wildly rethought how we designed our system to begin with? But, you know, what if I change this one auth library for a different auth library? Would that one suck less? And the answer is no, well, but, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, but also like if we're thinking realistically, right, like it's a little bit pie in the sky and like idealistic to be like, we can just start thinking about systems differently, which is true. But like, there's so many constraints when you're working within an existing system. Right. And so like, I do think it is a good question, like in general, like how do we get people to think outside of the patterns that are in their comfort zone day to day? Cause I think you will be able to make better decisions, but it's also like, well, you have so many constraints and you have to get work done. So like, that's also something that people have to balance. Mm-hmm. Right regardless of what they want to be doing. I mean, I, I'm the worst person to ask about this because I'm, I know. I'm bad at this. Like, like I've attempted to do this. Like, uh, you know, I've attempted to do this with certain like blog posts that I've written. Um, I attempted to do this when in my talk about, um, you know, I gave a talk about like norm and the way that I think we could be talking about verification and, contracts and those sorts of things inside of our applications and how cool that is and how liberating it is. And I feel like maybe only one or two people got it, like got to the heart of what I was trying to get at. And that's, that's on me as a communicator, right? I take that as a, as a, well, I I take that as like a, I take that as an internal thing about for me is like, you have not adequately explained this. So how do we get to a point where we adequately explain this? What do we need to do to change that? Right? Like I take that as a personal thing, but like, you know, like people keep continue to compare norm to like dialyzer or types. And it's like, no, like you've missed the point. It's the point is that like, this is better than types. This is like, it's not a surrogate type checker that runs at runtime. It's that types can't do what you can do with this. Like they literally just can't. Like you can express things that are beyond types. And like people keep asking, like, when's Norm going to like hook into Dialyzer? And I'm like, never. It's <laughs> never going to do that because Dialyzer can't do the things that right. you can do here. But everybody just wants like, it's like all anybody wants is like, is this a, is this a argument a string? And it's like, no, that's like not important. That doesn't matter. Like what matters is, is it commutative? Like, mm-hmm. and now you can tell <laughs> like, but nobody, nobody got that. And I just think it's I think it's really hard to convey those ideas to people if they're not ready to even look at the world that way. Like if if you, you have to get them so far, like you have to, you know, sort of like create this giant path along the uh, this this giant thought path that goes from like where you are today to like this future of what it could be. And that's really hard to do. It's really hard to communicate that effectively, I find. Right. I agree. I also think you're probably just ahead of the game a little bit. Don't tell him. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> no. no, I don't know. I don't know that I am. I just think that, like, if I have, I don't know. I, I talk about this at work a lot. I have, like, essentially two, it's really just one superpower. And it's that I have almost no, like, I, like I almost never fall prey to sunk cost fallacy. 
Like, I do not care. I will, I will gladly toss my time into a black hole if the, I figure out like a better way to do something. And that's kind of my one superpower. And because of that, like, it's, I find it super liberate. Like, that, that one thing liberates me from like getting too attached to anything. So it's like, I have no qualms about tossing all the knowledge I have about Ecto and Phoenix into a dark hole if I find a better way that to do something. Like, I just won't, I won't feel bad about it at all. So I don't know. Like, I don't know that I'm ahead of anything. I, I just parrot other smart people um, and make worse versions of things that they sort of invent from whole cloth. <laughs> I don't know. I think you come up with lots of good ideas and and I was going to ask, but then you just kind of explained it that the sunk cost thing was how you how you come up with these these ideas like to do things differently, like norm and and stuff like that. I don't know. I I I just <clears throat> I um I try really hard not to limit my exposure to to technology. Like I try really, really hard not to limit it to Elixir. Like I love Elixir and I'm, and there's a reason I'm still here. Like I'm, you know, I'm really happy here, but you know, I, I try really hard to explore other languages and other runtimes and other ways of doing things. And I think that there's a lot to be learned from other ecosystems and how they approach problems. And that, you know, that will lead you to different places. Like, like the the idea I'm talking about with, you know, the web API thing and the business logic stuff, it's like that already exists in other languages. Like if you look at like Clojure has Ring, which is basically a description of what I'm talking about. And then like Haskell, I mean, Haskell has a bunch of versions of this, but the one that's the most interesting is actually called um, Servant. And it's it's super compelling and interesting and worth looking at. And it's like it goes sort of like way far in the other direction where it's actually like you know, a web API as a type, (laughs) like what if you can express an entire web API as a type, like what does that do for you? That's also really compelling and like really cool. Right. So like if you, you know, if you broaden your horizons and go look at some of this other stuff, like you'll find like really good ideas out there and just try other stuff out, you know, be if you can be just, just literate enough in these other languages to be able to read them, then there's tons of cool ideas to like glean do you and do you know, watch conference talks and stuff like that from other languages? Like don't watch Elixir conf talks. Like if you need to learn about live view, just freaking like look at the docs. It's not that complicated. Like you don't need to watch 10 talks about it. Like go like go watch go watch a, a talk on something you've never heard of before. Do you read uh like just read code from other projects? Is that yeah, like sometimes. code reading something you do? Yeah, sometimes. Like that's that's actually typically how I learn the internals of stuff like, and I understand like the fundamentals, like what is it they're really doing here? I'll just like go read through the source code if I can find it or just read through the docs or just like get a glimpse of it. Like even if you just look at it and like, you know, you, you, sh- you can develop a sense of like looking at the gestalt of a thing, you know, you just like squint at it and you're like, well, how does this just like feel like, what's the shape of it? Like, and you can get a sense for how, like for, for what it's trying to convey. Um, and that's that's interesting. You find a bunch of interesting ideas that way. That is true. What are other things that you do? I know you read a lot of books. Anna, what do you do? <laughs> to, to, to expand your 
your thoughts and your horizons in in software? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is part of it is reading. Part of it is looking at other projects. Part of it is having conversations like these. And I've been, I think, also really fortunate to be able to work with a lot of different, given the nature of the work. Like, I think I've been fortunate to work with a lot of different people that have been working in, that have been working in the industry for a long time, right? And so, like, the nature of the work and similar to the work that you do, right, like, has helped expand my horizons and my thinking. But I think similar to Keithley, just constantly looking. I'm not necessarily attached to a single, single piece of technology or a single way of thinking, right? Constantly trying to think about how what I'm doing trying I mean I think like I feel like I like try to frame my thinking often when working in on a problem as like how I would ideally like to solve this or like what is it what is available to me versus how I would think about it outside of what is available to me and seeing how those if there is um, a large gap there right challenging my thinking I think I I often try to challenge my thinking on like how I'm doing something based on like what I know or how it should be done as like a forcing factor, but also just a lot of, because of my own curiosity, a lot of reading and a lot of like searching for what else, what else people are thinking about and doing. What about you? Uh, I, I think it was different at different parts of my career. I used to do a lot of code kata type stuff. And every time I would do it, I would try to do it very differently. It wasn't trying to speed up. It was trying to, do things in a completely different way. Now I do a lot more reading than I used to. Uh, I wish I had done more reading earlier in my career. So I'm trying to make up for lost time now. And and then I'll even, I I try to find, um, sometimes I will try to find like a a course online for um, maybe a language that I don't know or some course that I know somebody will tell me, hey, they're teaching this class on developing software that is very different from anything I've ever seen and not, and I'll go watch it and get ideas that way. But a lot of it is really just playing around. Even in my code bases for work, I don't know that I would go as far as Keithley in saying that I don't care about sunk cost, but I do put quality over quantity constantly. And so I, I will do spikes and throw stuff away all the time and, and have no qualms doing that because my goal is at the end of the day to have the best thing that can come out of my mind. And sometimes that looks totally different than the last thing that I designed that was similar. Cause hopefully I've, I've right. garnered some more, I don't want to say artistic, but I don't have a better word. Uh, I've, I've changed my views become more daring in what I'll try to do. Mm -hmm. I feel like it helps a lot. The kind of the, the being, being bold part of it. I know for me, there's, there was like one dude who I worked with. He's actually at carbon five. Like Anna probably knows who I'm talking about, but like he's a pretty eccentric guy and has a, but is like every problem that came in, I, it did not matter how difficult I ever thought it was. He was always game to just be like, yeah, well, I'll do that. Like he reveled in sort of like finding the problem that was like way too impossible to solve and just solved it and like never really said no. But he also at the same time, like, you know, 
some of the stuff he came up with was like totally out there and bonkers because he was always trying weird stuff. And he's definitely like has a has a very like, or, you know, uh, code is art kind of kind of view on the world. But like I just remember one time it's like we needed to like somehow print a web page or something that had that was made out of SVG and they wanted it as a PDF that they could send to people. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to do that. And he's like, eh, I'll just do it. And so he like hand wrote like an SVG to PDF parser compiler and like in a night, like just went Whoa. home and just did it. Like he just figured out like he just knew PDF. And so he just went away and did it. I don't know who knows PDF. <laughs> he's like, actually, the, the PDF writing rules are actually really, you know, understandable. And like he just had that in his head. Right. And he just like and it like he took the web page and he rendered it using like JS Dom and then like converted the SVG like rules into PDF rules. It was uh, this whole thing. And he did it like in a day or something like that. He was like, yeah, I'll just do that. If you can make it work with SVG, I'll just figure out how to translate it. And I was like, OK. And like that to me. Watching that modeled a handful of times made, I don't know, it sort of opened this door for me where I was like, oh, like you can just do that. Like if you just put enough stuff, enough like sort of primal programming stuff into your head, then you can just do that. Like if you just understand how parsers and compilers work, then it's like a simple matter of programming after that. And I I really internalized that uh, and like not that's not for everybody. Not everybody likes that. Not everybody likes working with that person. You know what I mean? Like not to say that not that person specifically, but I'm just saying like the person in general who will just do that stuff. Not everybody that sometimes like people want there to be consistency and want there to be like, you know, just follow the rules and just use MVC and use it the right way and do it like, you know, build you need to build your yeah. hexagonal rails project whatever whatever and it's like i don't know is that some people want that because they just want to do what everybody else is doing and they find that to be comforting same reason people want to use formatters and crap like that like i just you know it's like same people the, the, the same you'll notice that the same people who love formatters also love kubernetes and docker and it's like <laughs> yeah those things all suck but like but like, but it's consistent and everybody else is doing it. And now we can all just be the same exact thing and it helps reduce complexity. And I'm like, does it though? Like, does it really? Like, I don't know. I, I all that to say, like, that's what I try to be now for people who I work with is like, well, we did this concurrency limit stuff that I just gave a talk about. And one person, one person at work really championed that like I want us to do this at the same time he's like I'm working on it but I don't really you know quite know exactly how to get it done and like he's like I kind of don't know where to start and I was like okay well let's just do it let's just let's just jump in and go for it and I don't know I try to model that now for people of like the problem is like totally attainable we just need to like get in there and figure out how to solve it and do some math it'll be all it'll all be good well it's just a simple matter of programming no problem is too hard I don't know if that translates for people or not, or, or if it's inspiring or if it's just demoralizing or if it's <laughs> sucks all the oxygen out of the room, but I don't think it does. I think it's inspiring. I find that, I find that approach inspiring. Um, I think it's important to have people that are willing to, to do that and people that are willing to think outside of the traditional norms. Cause otherwise you don't ever come up with new solutions to things and the problems are just going to get harder. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, I don't know, like... I mean, in the world, like, we're, like I, mean, I mean, it's a little existential, but, like, we're going to be facing some real problems oh. that technology may or may not be able to help oh, with. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, clean water and, you know, other, like, energy and other things that are going to be real. The technology does play a role in it, and I think having people being willing to think about outside of our traditional thought patterns is going to be critical. Yeah. On that note, I have to go to a daily. Okay. I guess we can end it. <laughs> Lots of thoughts, though. This is, yeah, this is a good one. I, you guys are going to... You just ruined the rest of my day or made it better. It's the same thing. <laughs> I won't what get is anything, anything right now? I won't what get anything, anything done, but I'll, I'll have lots of thoughts, and I that's what I, I live. That's what I live for, so... For thinking? For thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I love... Now sitting back and being like, okay, so what do I really think of all of this? That's gonna, it's gonna, yeah, make, it'll put a smile well, and, on my face. And then, the rest and of the then day. next time you have to, you have to, you have to come back and explain to me why I'm wrong about all of it. That's your homework. I'm gonna give you homework. I I can't explain that you're right or wrong. <laughs> Keith, like, can I just that's, tell you that you're wrong what, and we can be this, done? Yeah, yeah. This yes, is, <laughs> that's also fine. <laughs> all right, chill. that needs I to jump. happen more. All right, all, all right. right. Yeah. It's lovely. It's always lovely talking to y'all. Bye. <laughs> have a great day.